Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher, and I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And uh, we're glad you're here, glad you're listening. We love it if you subscribe. We love it if you give us five-star reviews. These are all good things that we or, enjoy. Or whatever review you feel is representative of the work we do. Yeah. We, we, we're we pretty certain it'd be five. We're stars, certain it'd but be we're not, five. We're, yeah. Cause doesn't have to be. Make your own choice. Yeah. Well, I feel like we. I feel like you're a loser if if you don't give only one and five star That's reviews. True. Right. And we definitely don't deserve one star. Yeah. Why would you give something three stars? You're right and on a podcast specifically because you could just not listen again. It's not like you're like the worst case is someone has lost an hour of their life or something if they listen to a podcast they don't yeah. like. It's not like an Amazon review. I'm into those because I want to know like is this yeah gonna work. That do what it's supposed but like, to. Do. Podcasts and food. In that. Podcasts and food. You're not reviewing it unless it kicked major butt or sucked. Yeah, gave you right? food poisoning or <laughs> elation, <laughs> either one, but nothing yeah. in between. That's all. Like all my Yelp reviews are either like, "Hey, you should definitely go here. It's a family-owned business. Great people. Gonna Dude, love it. One in like, five stars, baby. Avoid this place like the plague. Yeah, it's the worst." But I've never so gone you, on Yelp and been like, it's all right, take it or leave it. I might go back, I might not. So if you want to leave know. us a Three one stars. star, if you want to leave us a one star review, that's fine and all. But we would just that's be, a lie though. We would just be curious what we could possibly do to make you that against our podcast. Uh, but hey, you know, to each their own, and maybe we're not yours. So anyway, the point is, uh, you can do that. You can subscribe to us. You can rate our podcast. Uh, today we are talking about the 2006 album by Hello Goodbye, uh, named, it's, it's a long title, I always forget it, Zombies, Aliens, Vampires, Dinosaurs. All of those has have exclamation points after them. It's very exciting. We're excited about all the, the uh, zombies, aliens, vampires, and dinosaurs that are, as far as I can tell, not lyrically a part of this album, but that's the title of the album, regardless. So... I did the like incredibly last minute research on this one in that I didn't really research it very much. So apologies. Uh, I'm just pulling back the curtain, showing you uh, Oz behind the curtain. So um, being real, being real, but it is on drive through records, 2006 uh, had an EP before this, but this is the first full length record from them. Um, the first single here in your arms goes platinum. This is right around the time that iTunes actually starts, you know, we start having platinum singles again, uh, after a long break of that kind of thing happening, basically since the sixties or seventies. Years and years. (laughs) Years and years. And, uh, and all of a sudden we're going, uh, we're having platinum singles, uh, selling of the single, but you know, this album only sold, I don't know. I mean, I say only, total on something like 360,000 something like that um so still good still fine but not even quite gold on the full record but platinum on the single uh it was a big hit back in the day and um which was 2006 back in the day and uh of course the main guy is Forrest in the band it's really just kind of a hodgepodge of other people in the studio with him uh including when we get certain tracks some people I think you'll have heard of and um but really, that's not a lot to it. He he actually, you know, hasn't released a ton of stuff since then. There's only been four full-length records since then. So, 
guess that's not a terrible clip. That's about every three or four years that you're releasing something. Uh, so that's it. So do we just want to get into talking about the music on the album, fellas? Unless you guys have some other random tidbits of information that I don't know about. Hello, Goodbye, which is kind of a band I like, but I never paid much attention to the details. Uh, That's exactly how, what is it about this band that that makes you feel that way? Yeah, it's same thing for me. Like, I always liked their tunes a lot. Um, But yeah, I never really like took a deep dive into the the history of the band or anything like that. Um, I... I'm with you. I I I did not. I don't think I ever ever saw these guys live either. I did see them at South by Southwest. Ooh, nice! In like 2010 or 11, something like that, and it was uh, very fun. I do like them live, and I had a buddy that was uh, tour managing someone, a girl that was on tour with them at one point, I think, and so he hung out with them a lot. So they were great. Uh, so yeah, very fun band. I do suggest seeing them live. Obviously, this album's very fun. If you haven't noticed, that's going to be something we probably talk about. Uh, so seeing those kind of songs live is fun. It's uh, it's fun music. I like it. It makes me happy. Uh, and sometimes it's nice to have music that makes me happy. And when so much in this genre was maybe not that, you know. Right. Uh, so let's just go to first impressions. Kyle, talk about your introduction to the band and or the album. Go. So my introduction was uh, actually the EP before this. Yeah. And I remember, um, I I distinctly remember it being like a kind of a breath of fresh air, like you were mentioning in that, like at the time they came out on drive through where I was just gobbling up every freaking pop punk band that they were, you know, spitting out. And so it, it definitely, when I first heard it, I remember hearing shimmy, shimmy quarter turn. Mm-hmm. That, that single and just thinking whoa this is this is cool this is nothing like anything else that they've put out and so they got my attention there i i'm with you guys in that like i i really love in, in particular i love this record but um i just i wasn't like a fan in that i wasn't following them or kind of like keeping up with what they were doing um but i think some of that is because i tend to be that way with um with bands that I perceived to be like one person. And I knew that, that Forrest did a lot of this stuff. And so I just kind of saw it as this dude kind of like, I'm not trying to say they're the same, but like Al city is not really a band. Right. It's, it's a person with a band name. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just never, I just never followed them the way that I would or got into them the way that I would a band but I did absolutely, I do absolutely love this record. But yeah, my first impression was the EP. I loved it instantly. It was a breath of fresh air. And uh, I was super excited when this record came out. And I remember being just even more pumped because the production was really, really good uh, in comparison to that EP. Yeah, that Shimmy Shimmy Quarter Turn, like there was a video and stuff for that. That was uh-huh. like on MTV, which I don't feel like happened for EPs very much back then. Am yeah. I wrong about that? <laughs> No, you are not wrong. <laughs> I don't feel like people were pushing videos for EPs, but I think that obviously Drive Through knew they had kind of a, a pretty good poppy kind of thing going on here. Um, and I think we're pushing it full force as well they should have. Chris, yeah. what about you? What were your first impressions of Hello Goodbye? I, I, I don't remember. I remember being outside of Rad Chad's house and him playing Bonnie Tyler Shakedown. I think that's the name of the song from the EP. And 
you're right it was just like infectious delicious candy pop vibes and um and then i'm with kyle like when when then when the record came out like i i I didn't listen to this record a whole lot but obviously the the single was um like when you heard it you were like okay this is absolute magic this song is going to be huge and it was um here in your arms um and i think um I think it's still like even like even though I wasn't the biggest fan of like listening to the album front to back, I I just I kind of dug what they were trying to do, and obviously like the timing with what some of the other music that was popular at the time, um, it seemed like pretty obvious that it was going to be you know pretty big record for them. So um, so I dug it. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't I'm, I'm I know I heard the EP. But I don't think I had. I don't think I owned it or anything like that. But the I heard, avocado, the, the avocado on the front, right? I don't even remember, Kyle. What, what was the artwork on the front of the EP? So I don't. Oh it's yeah, like on the EP had, it was an I avocado. Feel like everyone yeah. it, it, had that that EP in their CD sleeve yep. <laughs> for a while. Yeah, and I didn't have it. I don't think so. I think I got this first. But I really, I honestly cannot remember my introduction to the band. But I'm sure it was just like it was probably Rad or someone like that. That, uh, but I mean, I, I I do remember Shimmy Shimmy Quarter Turn, and then. Uh, and then obviously here in your arms was huge when this album came out as, as we mentioned platinum. <laughs> so that's pretty big. Yeah. Ch- well, it chat, our friend who was like telling us all about how electronic music was going to be huge and get, you know, there's like this whole underground scene and then, yeah, well, boy, he sure was right about that. <laughs> he was correct. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. you were right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of, but I mean, I do remember, I like the album, it's, uh, I, I'm into some pop music, I'm into some happy, fun time stuff, uh, and this works pretty well for, like, summertime music, put it on, hanging out, it's good hangout music. That is the exact vibe, the summertime, windows down. Yeah, hanging out outside, uh, grilling burgers, something like that, uh, it, it's a good summertime album, I can see why you wouldn't want to pop this in on, like, a rainy day, maybe, not that style. For sure. And again, it's kind of funny that like, I think it's mostly the drive through records thing that like this album has more in common with Maroon 5 at the time than it does with any emo music, you know, truth be told. Uh, but I think the drive through thing, and then obviously because you're on drive through, you're going on tour with, you know, all bands that are like Motion City Soundtrack or, uh, you know, Rocket Summer, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so you get part of that genre. But you're right. I mean, like, on paper, I'm like, there's nothing about this that feels emo to me. Or even punk rock. Maybe a little punk rock. A little punk rock. A little punk rock. But, like, all American rejects punk rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So, um, yeah. But it's a good record. And uh, I, obviously, Here in Your Arms was, like, uh, the mixtape makeout jam back in the day, which we'll talk about as we get into the track by track. Uh, But that definitely blew them up uh, pretty significantly. And, um... So yeah, pretty uh, straightforward pop record. Um, do you guys want to start track by track? Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Do it. This is like the earliest we've gotten into track by track. Uh, Norm, we have so <laughs> many things to talk about. Uh, but this guy's not, there's no drama. I don't think he was making out with anyone's girlfriends to our knowledge. Um, breaking up bands <laughs> nope. or anything. So it just seems like a pretty chill guy that makes cool, fun music. So yeah. I did it hear that forest. he, yeah. uh, that he's the pig in Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> that seems not. Makes so much sense. 
that does not seem like that's probably true. We're oh to... yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering. That. <laughs> it's a different forest. <laughs> yeah, different forest. Okay, well let's get into track by track. Then let's start with the opening track, "All of Your Love." Kyle, where are you at on the opening track? Uh, I'm all in. Uh, I love it. The I really think that after this that EP, this opener is like, hey dudes, this is not like that EP. Like, yep. this is this, like all the good stuff from that EP is going to be in here, but like we're like we're being for real about this. We're electronic and. Um, yeah. And I freaking love it. Uh one of my favorite one of my favorite production choices of all time is the uh we we can't be close enough unless you're feeling my heartbeat and that bass doom 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 emulating like a heartbeat. heartbeat. Oh, Stole it from Huey man. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean dude, what, I like it every time. Now um, the sun goes out. No, it starts, I think. Or oh, does starts, starts and ends, I think. Okay. Part of rock and roll. Um, yeah. Love it. Chris, thoughts on uh, track one? Yeah, it's they they come at you. Uh, he comes at you with all his tricks right away. Uh, Auto tune. I, I wrote down. Yeah, I, I was like lots of sounds. It, it, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to explain. Like this, there was a uh, there's a lot of bands and artists doing using a lot of these tricks now. This was pretty unique back then. Mm. And like Kyle said, like there was there was more of a punk rock vibe with like, oh, and sometimes we dabble here on the EP, right? And yeah. it was like it was almost like they had like a product marketing meeting and like slammed their fist down like, all right guys, we're going all in <laughs> on the electronics of people. Love it. So uh, focus groups say <laughs> I mean yes, focus group. <laughs> at the very least it was it was like lo fi before this. Yes. yes. No no moss. Yeah. Um, and then I am not great at the terms, uh, when it comes to like the cool production tricks. So I will do my best throughout this record to describe them. And I will tell I you can. when you're wrong. Okay. Well, I, I'm no, what I'm saying could not possibly be wrong. Cause it sounds like a child describing something, <laughs> uh, but the, the, like in the chorus, like the deep, the, in the, like the backer vocals, how there's like a deep version it's the same yeah. key. I, I don't know. He just they're stacked he, he like, octaves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just did a good job of like filling, uh, filling the um, oral spectrum there. So mm. uh, very nice. The oral spectrum is a very that's a big word. That's I not like a child. The, I saved that, but like it was not great. And no, that was, was good. Like, oh, um, go. I feel like the- watch me do it every song. Like <laughs> now, I'm gonna say the same thing. Oh, the Chris, oral spectrum. <laughs> I think. Um, you know, track one's a good spot to start with. I feel like the studio experience for this record was probably, hey, what's the most fun thing we can do for this part? Like, it feels yeah. like they just said, okay, what's the most fun thing we can do for the drums here? Yeah. It's this. Okay, great. Uh, what's the most fun instrument we can put here? Awesome. Some sort of crazy synth. That sounds great. Uh, what? It, I just feel like that was 
every decision was like what I imagine I think that they would try something and then laugh. You know how you do that in the studio? Yeah. Like you do something and you laugh because you know it's good. You know, that's like a yep. good I feel like that's what was going on on this record. There's a lot of stuff where you're kind of going like, ooh, like auto, like was there I I forget, was there any auto tune on the EP, Kyle? Do you remember? You know, I yeah, I think I think there's auto tune on maybe shimmy shimmy quarter turn like okay. if any of them but also it was a very new thing that people were using like i i, I don't think maybe we knew what autotune was if they were using it at that time yeah i think you're probably right um he his twitter bro- profile at one point said in, invented autotune <laughs> which true. i thought was pretty funny that's funny that was yeah, good. there wasn't a lot of artists using that trick back then, was there? No, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was like, it was happening a little bit, but it wasn't like the overdone thing it is now. Like, you know, now I've not heard a rap song that doesn't have autotune on it. Yeah, it's like um, Cher did it, T-Pay. and yeah. then and then it was like, well, there was like a 10-year moratorium. No, I mean, I think Cher did that in like, was that 99 or 2000? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was 2000. I think sure. I think it was uh, 2000, was it? yeah. And so I knew it was high school, so it was uh, I guess which right I think that end. was the first time I'd ever heard it as an effect. Yeah. And people didn't know what it was. Um uh and I feel like we were still maybe a little bit in that at this point. I don't feel like it was all in on the autotune like we are now. Um I I can't listen to most television shows with any kind of music production on them because they're all just auto like the two glaring examples for me. And obviously this is not auto tune as an effect, but Glee was a show that everyone loved and I hated because it just sounded like they were like, you get one take and then we're going to auto tune the crap out of this time time is money. (laughs) And then, uh, Daniel tiger, uh, you know, the kids show also (laughs) auto tuned to just death. And so it's, uh, drives me crazy when that one's on in the house i, I hadn't noticed that yet it's real bad to notice it now so right. i don't love the auto-tune effect but i like the way he uses it so he's one of the few cases of someone using auto-tune as effect that i actually like normally i don't like it when people can actually sing because i'm like i'd rather just hear you sing because i feel like there's character in people's singing that is not there when yeah. you strip out all the auto-tune but he's really using it more of an effect and i kind of like it but uh, there's not a lot of examples of things I like uh, with the autotune on it. I'm <laughs> admittedly a curmudgeon when it comes to the autotune. Uh, so that just kind of is a decent opening track that te- gives us a little bit of a taste of what's coming. But, you know, they knew what they were doing. They're putting they're putting the jam, a track two, which is here in your arms. Here we go. Touch our cheeks and brush Chris, what are your thoughts on here in your arms? I think it's, yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite songs, definitely of this decade. It's. I agree with uh, that. Was I, I was looking at my uh, iTunes and, um, I mean, it's like top twenty. I think most played songs on like my whole collection. I've been pretty, I've stuck with iTunes like pretty consistently, even uh, through Spotify. Like once Apple Music came out, I, I jumped back in. So 
it's a pretty good tell that it's you know top 20 of like up there with jimmy world and mxpx and all the bands that i've jammed out i mean uh it's just a really sweet song and um i think um you know date, dating my future wife at the time too it was, you know just a, it reminds me of that time like falling in love and t- hanging out and all that stuff um and it's a monster song right you said first Plat- platinum platinum single for just that song like that song by yeah itself. i mean i don't know if it's the first one i mean that was when this kind of started happening that itunes was right, selling right. enough singles that they were issuing platinum plaques for singles and not just uh uh full albums because before that everyone just bought which is why there was so much bad music in the 90s that was like they had one single the rest of the album was crap but everyone bought the album anyway um yep. and once itunes came along kind of made you have to make a better record if you wanted to sell the whole thing uh, right. Some people say it's a good thing. Some people say it's a bad thing. I kind of feel like we've swung too far to the single thing where people don't remake albums anymore. And I, I still do like yeah. albums, but I would be curious. I, I should look up my, uh, I should look up my stats on, on those songs too. I guarantee they're pretty high though. I mean, uh, but I'm on Spotify now, but curious. Let's see. It's been played in my iTunes. It doesn't tell me here anymore, I don't think. I'm going to look into that, Lame. though. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on Here in Your Arms? Uh, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. If you're a dude or a chick, I don't care, and you didn't put <laughs> this on your mixtape, you're a flipping idiot. Oh, yeah. this is a mixtape must. It's absolutely a mixtape must. I had that no in doubt my about notes as well. Uh, it's also, you know, I love four on the floor, so mm. that's probably one of my favorite things about it. Dude, one of, okay, another really cool thing about it that maybe I just didn't, I, I think I was so uh, enamored with the auto-tune, and I thought it, this is an example of, like, me thinking it was cool. I don't think I realized that, like, this is a funky jam, and without the vocals, it's not an electronic song. It's like it's got this funky pop vibe. Oh you yeah, know what I, mean? I totally agree with that. Oh, that's a good point. And, yeah. and, and you take that you take that auto tune vocal out, and it's a total it's it's totally different. Like it's not necessarily the vocal that I think I would have been just sitting around like, oh, dude, I need to auto tune this, you know. Right. But um, it definitely defines the song. So. Uh yeah, I mean I I think you're right. The auto tune made it like really poppy. I think if you took mm-hmm. the yeah. auto tune out of it it would have still been a good pop song, but I think it just yeah. kind of like, it's a sweet song. So I feel like everyone yeah. kind of liked it. it. It's like a, it's a fun romantic song, if that makes sense. So it's not, it's like a mixtape, but not it's not too mushy. Yeah, you're not yeah. like, yeah, it's a, that's why it's a great mixtape song. Cause it's like, it's a fun song. It's a good it's like windows down, like enjoy the song, but it also says, Hey, I think you're cool lady, <laughs> which is the name of the mixtape. Hey, I think you're cool mm-hmm. lady. Uh, yeah, Comma, lady. it's a great song. And the first of many uses of parentheses for titles. Um, we've got a few of those. Uh, actually, believe it or not, not the highest play count uh, on this album for me. What? Yeah. Oh. Ooh, I can't wait to. Are you going to keep that one in your pocket? I'll keep that in my pocket. Um, All right. And we'll 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 review. Can we get guesses? As it as it comes, can Chris and I get yes, one guess? Yes, you all guess? can guess. Uh, you get one guess each for. Uh, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you this. There are two songs with more plays on this record in Holy iTunes smokes. for me oh. than this one. Okay, so let Not us guess and don't 
Don't tell us until the end. I will not tell you until the end. I will let okay. you all guess. Okay. All right. Um, you also have to guess before I start talking about a song, <laughs> probably, too, though. <laughs> I mean, I already know one that I'm going to guess because it's freaking awesome. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. I think uh, you'll you'll probably be on track. Uh, let's go to track three, All Time Lows. Chris, what are your thoughts on all-time lows? Well, we just got done saying how he was all in on electric, but then kind of comes out with this like rock and roll punk rock ditty, um, which I thought was really cool. You know, to kind of like I, I'm sure when they're working on the record, they knew "Here in Your Arms" was going to be a monster song or like a standout single on there. But um, I appreciate that he. Went back the other way on this song, um, and the synth, the synth lead on the chorus is really cool. And I, I think you played a little clip of the bridge, the chord progression of the bridge, those like step ups on the chords. I, I really like that a lot. Yeah, I like the, uh, I like that we went a little bit more rock and roll here. It feels like it could be something on that first All American Rejects record. Mm-hmm. Um, feels in that vein. You know, we're kind of mixing electronic and real instruments in a fun way, um, and not a lazy way. I don't like it when people do it lazily. I can feel when it's just like, yeah. Yeah, when it's like, oh, we're doing fake drums on this because we couldn't afford to go into a studio and do real drums. That's a different thing than when you're like, oh, this is the right sound for this. It's a real kit or it's a fake kit or it's a weird synth or it's a, you know, as we get through the record, there's some stuff that's kind of all acoustic-y almost and it works. So um, I'm into that. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Oh, sorry. One other thing like all the lyrics of this are they've got to be referencing only in dreams right there's a line about i can't avoid her she's in the air i mean it's the same line and then it says if only in dreams in another verse yeah it's got to be referencing weezer right weezer feels very on brand for this this Uh, album (laughs) like green album referencing weezer uh i also so i think it kicks butt i think it sounds like a reject song and also that little doo-woppy part always makes me think of like uh I'm I'm an 80s kid so yeah. like an like an 80s Saturday morning cartoon kind of theme vibe to it I love that part so that's interesting that you say the 80s kids Saturday morning cartoon kind of feel because I literally have a note later on this record that's like this is almost a kid's song like right. there's some like it's got a little bit of that vibe sometimes on it where it's like yeah. if this had different lyrics about something silly it would be a kid song yeah and this kind of has Maybe that vibe the too. T- perhaps the title of the album gave us that vibe as well <laughs> <laughs> well and the cover I guess I mean yeah I guess yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess now you think about it, maybe that is giving me the vibe. Uh, that does actually make all the sense in the world. Isn't the album cover like a, looks like a children's drawing? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like drawing. a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I'd never really even thought with, about that connection. With a right. blowhole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is on the cover of this album? Should we talk something about this? With a bl- something with a blowhole. Yeah. Uh, I, 
Uh, and it's talking out of its blowhole, which it's is writing not right. The world. I don't really. I guess I haven't really thought much about what the covers is. The cover is here, but it's weird. You're right. Um, who the heck knows? Uh, I mean, I I dig it. I think it's cool looking. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what is it and what does it mean. So <laughs> does it's it mean something? One of, it's two things because one of the things is blowing fluid out of its blowhole, <laughs> and then the other one Ew, is saying. You called it- Fluid. And then there's another one speaking hello goodbye out of its, bl- what I'm assuming is its blowhole. Well, that's clearly its mouth if it's speaking out of it. Is it? Is it though? <laughs> well, well, it could, it, maybe it's not speaking, maybe it's just making a sound. This, yeah. And this creature hears the sound. Uh, and what's weird is, if it, I don't know that it's its mouth. I guess I guess you could argue that it's one of its mouths because it looks like <laughs> the speech bubble is coming around the other side for the title of the album. It so does. It's like, Maybe he has. What, uh, yeah. What's happening here, dudes? We, and at the same time, I actually think it's kind of cool. We should pause for a moment and say that Hello Goodbye, all one word, is a great band name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I very much like it as a band name because yeah, it's like, great name. oh, it's simple. I can spell that. As long as you tell me, hey, it's just all one word, we're good. No one understands how hard it is to come up with a great band name. It's very hard. Yeah. And the the it's one got... thing I always tell people after having been in a band that I had to spell all the time is like, do not make it a band name that you have to spell out loud to people all the time or they get it wrong. Like that's, no offense, Chris, liked our band name, but I had to spell the middle word too, T-O-O, Dude, it, all the time. You You have to like, it's got to be catchy, neat. Can't be that many syllables unless it's so interesting that it can be tons of syllables, and then you have to have a domain name, Twitter handle, like Which, well, not at the time at we the didn't time. have Twitter handle, but we needed the domain name, and um, yeah, because our first band name was Evergreen Terrace, which it had been all through high school, but there was a hardcore band with that name. Can't do it. It was hard so, to figure that out I, then too. No, it was like we just found out from some kid, like when he saw our sticker, he's like, "There's another band." We we're like, "Shut up! There's not another band." <laughs> It's like, no, there totally is. And you guys uh, are not them. You do not sound like them. <laughs> so, yeah, the challenge is real, and Hello Goodbye is a good one. Uh, let's go to track four, Stuck to You. Kyle, thoughts on Stuck to You? So I like this song more now. Uh, but at the time, I thought this song was kind of weird and also kind of gross. Like, he's talking about how it's like her lips have glue instead of gloss because he's, like, wanting to smooch her all the time. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, that's weird. So I obviously it's funny you bring up something like every time we're talking about an album where there's some lyrics that weirded you out. I'm like, I had never even thought about the lyrics of this song. Uh, He says it's like you gloss your lips with glue. Oh, we kiss and I am stuck to you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he literally (laughs) 
just being literal here. Here's another thing is with one like, of the mouth holes. The that's one that says that's what I was gonna say. The other thing is like I have no problem with a long French kiss, but what he's describing is a long mouth kiss, and there's nothing weirder than a long than a too long mouth kiss, like just lipping it, just lip to lip, just eye to eye, no other sort of stimulation. You're just rubbing lips. That's kind of weird. I'll give you that. I, That's fair. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks. You kind of left me speechless there. <laughs> we we I'm have all lip kissed someone too a little too long, mm. and wow. it it never feels <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're breaking up, right? Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, was that we weird? The long lip kiss. <laughs> the non-French long. Uh, yeah, but I mean. I get it though. I get what he's. I mean, I'm reading the lyrics now, and I'm like, okay, this is like he's on, on tour, right? That's what this is about. Man, I get it. It just paints. It I think just it's. Paints I think he's trying to paint a picture like. about sexting. Is what he's. <laughs> what he's really yeah. doing oh. here. Yeah. Also new at the time, but it was on AOL Instant <laughs> Messenger for sure. Yeah. It was oh. not. Winky. I'm. I'm also showing my cards, guys. I said that I like this song now. Wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but like initially, this is—I don't know. This was kind of weird for me. I get it, but I do really dig that rhythm on the, those verses. That guitar oh, yeah. stuff is is very fun, and this does—I mentioned earlier. This feels like it could be a Maroon Five song, like at the time, oh, yeah. right? I mean, this yep, is totally in the exact same vein. Yeah, um, you're right. Which is interesting, uh, and I think that's fine. I think they're a talented band, or used to be a talented band. Now they're just Adam Levine with electronic stuff behind them, right? Whoa! Shots fired, Blake. <laughs> I don't think they play anything on these stuff. What did that beautiful, sexy man ever do to you, Blake? What, Are what you just jealous of his ab well, tiger? Of course, I'm jealous of his ab tiger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am too. Yeah, who wouldn't be? Um, and he invented the voice, right? I'm just glad that everyone's. I actually really enjoyed watching the voice. I think it was a pretty fun show, especially with him and Blake on. I liked their back and forth, and it just it was nice every once in a while when we can come on the show and have a terrible haircut, like something I thought looked really dumb. Because at least I could be like, "What a dumb haircut!" Because the rest oh, of him idiot. is like perfect. It's like, oh, you can sing. Oh, you look like you're 25 still. Oh, yeah. you're wonderfully talented and seem like a pretty. Like oh, you got a cool fun. falsetto voice. Yep. Oh, you're super talented. Awesome. It went, you got a dumb haircut. Got way, that show oh, got you way started worse, in right? a ska like, band? I always, I mean. Fla- flowers for. That was always one of those shows that I liked watching because it was like Sarah? just a, it was a nice show. There was no drama. It was just like about people singing and pretty fun to watch. Like it's, there was no like, like I didn't feel like it was the American Idol thing where we see terrible people auditioning because that's fun to watch people that are terrible. Like I feel like that's kind of mean. I feel like that didn't it, happen yeah. on The Voice. Well, my wife started like getting ready to The Voice after the first few years, and then I just felt like I would just like kind of zone in and zone out of it. I felt like it got really predictable. Like you could see like the yeah it does narrative the producers were pushing like oh. It was. It didn't feel like it was really like all about the voice. It was like I've only watched like three know. seasons, and there was one where the guy was like, like it was so clearly this guy was gonna win it because he was just yes, un- that's exactly what I'm believable yeah. that it was like no one else had a chance. It was just like okay, it's that guy and everyone else, uh, and so I f- feel like that does happen, but still, it's interesting. I feel like there's some uh... but- Kara's flowers. Kara's flowers. Yes, band. I knew it had something to do with flowers. 
I have no idea what that is, but we'll go. All right, That's let's Adam Levine Scaban. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay, good to know. Uh, you know what? My other favorite thing about Adam Levine, not that I'm a huge Maroon Five fan, the dude can shred on guitar, but he just like oh, yeah. as a front man. But the few times I've seen him grab a guitar, you're like, okay, dude's good. Um, let's go to Homewrecker. Chris, what are your thoughts on Homewrecker? I don't know what it is about songs that, like, once they jump into the, like, jump onto the Panic at the Disco boat, like, then I can't stop hearing anything but that. The song was always that way for me. I think it's a good song. Um, I like the guitars in it a lot, and I, I love the percussion. Like, the they, they did some interesting things with the drums, but... Um, yeah, I got stuck on that. <laughs> you know, I didn't hear that, but I kind of do now that you mention it. I don't feel like he's doing it as bad as a lot of people at no, this time. No, but yeah, the, yeah, I don't think it was intentional or anything. That, like I said, it was. I think it's just a personal tick. Like it, I, I think it's just the, the style, the, the way he's singing, um, and it's got that minor, you know, kind of yeah. sound that 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 band was. Um, pretty famous for. So. I dig the groove to it though. Like I like the oh, yeah. I like the beat. Like I said, this is it's not a song that I would put on a playlist probably, but it is a song that I'm like if this was on a playlist playing in the background of me like hanging out with friends, especially like at the lake, uh, I'm all in. If that makes sense. Like yeah. it fits a vibe very well, and I feel like a lot of this record is like that for me. It's like I do enjoy it. It's it's a good record to have at a hangout. Like I said. And sometimes that means sometimes good hangout music is not like all the hits. Sometimes it's you just kind of yeah. want a vibe, and this has that vibe for me. Yeah, it doesn't have to like transcend the idea of music, like with some new right. <laughs> version. Yeah, some special thing that makes it more you know spectacular than any song ever. Like, like there there are songs that are just great for hanging out. It's just like good background music. Yeah, good good chill vibes. Kyle, thoughts on Homewrecker? Uh, I think I I like split the difference on you guys because I do think it's a little bit of a jam. Like I I'm feeling the vibe, but Chris, I don't know if this is the case for you, but honestly, I think it's possible that like I'm ready to get through this song because we're about to get punch blasted with the freaking amazing crap that comes after this song. Maybe like a that this too. is really good. That's fair. But what's but yeah. what's coming is is better and and I think maybe that's why it feels like I don't think it is a lull, but I think it can feel like one because it's like I know what's coming. It's just funny yeah. though, because it's not a lull, you know, tempo wise. Oh yeah, not at all. Yeah. Not like at all. That, but I yeah. I do see what you're saying. Uh well then let's just get to the next thing, which is oh it. it is love. Dry up every tear and make it very clear I kiss you and I know it is love from the first time I press my lips against yours thinking oh is it love 
Had to get a little bit of the big drums in there. Mm. Uh, Kyle, since you sort of foreshadowed the, uh, would you call it punch blasting? <laughs> the punch <laughs> blast. Yeah. We'll let you go first. Look, uh, I'm I'm going to give this song the highest form of praise that I can. I've done it a few times before, and that is that this is this is a Muppet song. That's what it is. This oh, is I, this is a, I wrote the same <laughs> thing down, dude. dude this, this this is this is a Muppet song. But it's and on. Uh, so much so that like I I would pay a lot of money to hear a Kermit the Frog version of this song. I probably would too. Um, but like it it is it is a really awesome song. It is it has got the Muppets vibe. I'm all in on that. And also uh it's just really well written and sweet, you know, like it's just it just feels good. Um, I'm going to put this as one of um, my, this, my guess is that this is one of the songs that you listen to more than, um, more than here in your arms. My guess too. Or one of them. Okay. I won't, I will not reveal until the end. Uh, okay. I can't wait. Wait, was that a rule? You keep adding rules. No, to no, no. That, that's what you told me to do is not, it, it, so, not reveal. I, we, it was requested. It was uh, requested. Oh. Uh, you can also try to guess the order. Cause <laughs> like I said, if we're going top three. You can also try to guess that. Ooh. Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great song. And uh, fun fact: uh, Jack Antonoff playing mandolin and guitar on it. So no there you go. What a guy! What a guy! <laughs> now gigantic producer of everyone in pop music. He's doing all right. He's doing just fine. Um, Making that money. Really, uh, totally interesting. Uh, 180 from what's happened so far on this record. All of a sudden we've got a banjo, which makes it feel even more Muppets. It's almost like mm. he had this chord progression and then they were like, you know what? It it should be a banjo. It, right. That makes it feel even more Kermit the Frog. And you're right. I would love to have a Kermit the Frog version of this song. Um, Cause it would be great. If, if you're listening, Kermit. Yeah. Kermit, please make that happen. Make it happen. This obscure I mean, not obscure. He's I guess. probably I, listening. This album, <laughs> Kermit the Frog is listening. Uh, He's stuck around after we mentioned two blowholes, right? <laughs> if he was listening, <laughs> what a guy, Kermit. Uh, yeah, it's a good song. Yo, Kerm. Uh, Chris, what are your your thoughts on it? Uh, you guys already said it. Yeah, it's just a really, really sweet song. Um, it's got to be one of your two. It's gotta I agree. Be. It's gotta be. <laughs> we will see, but I don't think you're too far off base. Um, yeah, it's just good. I mean, there's just uh, instrumentation is fantastic. Uh, it's kind of out of left field, as mentioned, but it doesn't feel that weird. Um, no, yeah, you're right. It, it's really well arranged. Um, all the pieces come in at the right times. Like they do the big swell. Yep. Like they it gets big, not too early, not too late. And I love that we're not on a metronome on this, or if I mean they probably are on one, but it's uh, it's loose. It's loose. It's yeah. slowing down on parts. That verse that I played before the drums come in gets really slow. Um, yeah, it's really really well produced. Uh, I wonder there um, there are demo. Is there a demo of this one somewhere on that extended one? Man, don't don't do, don't it. do it. Don't, don't do, you it. do it. Don't do it. Don't you do it. It'll be. It I won't do one it. Of your most listened. You'll like go in there and delete the. But song. that's what yeah. I wonder is like when did this happen? When did it become this? When did it become this? Yeah. Like, so was the demo anything oh, like it instrumentally? I I actually 
I actually think maybe like just that uh, the feel, the vibe, you okay. know, but not not instrumentally. No. Okay. Uh, it, it, they're the demos are pretty bad. Vibe I was there, but not the uh, not the banjo and mandolin and all that fun stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Unpolished diamond. Right, but I mean. So they had say they had pretty decent help from their producers then. I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to be I don't want to be unkind because obviously like if you guys got a hold of all my scratch stuff then here's the thing, I don't believe in putting this stuff out and so I'm I'm against the fact that they even did that. So, I don't want to I don't want to like philosophically be too, yeah, against it. I'm against it. I, so I don't want to be too too down on it because like obviously these guys are talented, but like I'm against oh, I'm against I, I see. Yeah, you're you're like you just you, just, you don't reveal this part. Of right. The you don't show like, this. You don't show how the sausage is. Yeah, it really. Is. It's not gonna yeah. sound. It's not gonna sound good. No matter well, who you are. I feel like at that point in in the process, like it's it's an it is a audio idea. Right. And it's not a fully fleshed out song. That's just that's just my opinion. You know what's interesting about you saying that is that. Um, it's like I'm trying to find find the right way to say it because you, you, if you, well, I mean, I mentioned earlier, it's like there are processes in songwriting and recording that like there's gonna get stuff that gets left behind because it was a bad idea. So I mean, most people mm. are recording and going like, and you kind of like at least my rule is it's like lay down everything, like try everything, and. You almost, most of the time, at least in my experience, you know, like when it doesn't work and yep. you get rid of it. But um, to then show that stuff to people later, to me, is just weird because it's like you're showing them the thing that you knew was not good enough to make it on the final product. And this is more in like when we get to like, like the really rough demo, like the first like cut of an audio thing with just you and acoustic guitar. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like right. the actual like f- sort of fleshed out with parts yeah. and yeah, alternate kind of fleshed out. Yeah, but it's not perfect. But not fully like, fleshed yeah. out yet. I just feel like you're. Um, there's a reason you leave that stuff out, and there's a reason you have a producer and stuff like that. And you're right; it does kind of ruin it sometimes. There's only been a few times that I can think of where like there's some demo version of a song that I thought captured something better than the the real recording. Uh, there's a oddly enough Jimmy World before chase this light came out there was just a video oh. of him um playing um chase this light the title track on it ah and just him and acoustic and to me the version on the record never lived up to that like bad audio quality video of him doing that song i don't know why there's something about the way he played it on acoustic and it wasn't as tight as and instrumentally and whatever but I still think also there's just that demoitis thing that happens with people where you, you start hearing things a certain way and you think it's better than because of that. But naturally yeah. <laughs> we're going to do that with the finished version, obviously. Right. So you're like going the down opposite of demo. Yeah. You're yeah. doing, yeah. It's like the opposite of demoitis, but um, I agree. I, it drives me nuts when these are, I've talked about how bonus tracks are stupid for the most part and very rarely are they worth having around. Um, so I'm with you on the demo thing. It's interesting to hear them sometimes. I like to hear like, oh, that's what this song sounded like before someone said, let's throw a banjo in it. But that's a long tangent to say, I'm with you, Kyle. Same thing with extended cuts of movies. There's a reason that stuff got cut. Also, I would regret, you brought it up, but I would regret not mentioning underrated album by Jimmy World. Oh, I totally agree with that. 
I think it's as good as I think what those four in a row are fantastic. Uh, and I agree. Yep. It's great. Uh, but oddly enough, I love that. I'll try to find that, uh, that Jimmy world thing. I've got to, yeah, I'd love, yeah. Uh, got to try to find that. Okay. Well, let's go to, uh, baby. It's fact. Here we go. Chris Monier, thoughts on Baby It's Fact. I freaking love this song. And every time I hear it, I I picture the music video I wanted them to make for this song, which I, I don't think they did. No, I don't believe be they cr- did. It would be a crazy turn of events if you guys like, no, they made that video <laughs> you're talking real. about. That's real. be like, okay, so I can see the future, guys. The next podcast needs to just be about like my prophecies. Anyway. Back to the song. Uh, do you guys get like the kind of like old Hollywood vibe from this like oh, the yeah. swing band? Um, I, I just I, I, like this is like a young dude. Like I was like, how did how did you capture that? It makes me think like, of that thing you do. Yes, yes, that same kind of yeah, yeah. Like the the video I always saw was like him in like a white tuxedo and like. I don't know. Remember like all those old Hollywood videos where like the girls would be jumping into the pool, like uh, synchronized yes. and just all that production 50s, going on where they moved style, around. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know. Should've Which died. I forgot but to anyway. mention when we were talking about here in your arms, video directed by Fred Savage of the wonder years. Only celebrity Heck I've yeah. ever seen in LA. <laughs> we Fred did see Savage. him. We played with his little sister's band at, uh, right. what was, uh, uh, what the, uh, what was the name of that venue? Knitting factory. Knitting factory. Yeah. Uh, no longer open, but, uh, Boy, did we blow it on our set. That's a story for another day. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say we blew it. We, Our bass player threw his bass on the very first note of the first song and took two tuning pegs off of our guitarist guitar. Uh, but that's pretty rock and roll. You know, right, that's a pretty how you look at it. It just unfortunately had this like break in the middle where it's just a guitar part <laughs> that he plays, like a lead part, and it was all the way out of tune. Like it was not anywhere near... But that's a rock and roll mess up to have. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> there, there was, uh, there were some words I'm sure afterwards. Um, it's also, by the way, the only venue I think I was ever, ever played at where the sound guy was like, "You guys can turn your amps up." I was like, "Did you say up?" Because that's never happened before. That someone was like, "Yeah, crank them up, man." Um, good old knitting factory. Uh, Fred Savage, very enthusiastic, big brother supporting his sister. It was very, it was nice of him. Sweet guy. Uh, from what I could tell, uh, but directed video. Uh, yeah, this one did not have a video unless Chris's dream video does truly (laughs) exist. And that would be fantastic. Kyle, what are your thoughts on baby? It's fact. Uh, I, along with my birthday buddy also love this song. I get the musical vibe from it, but also, man, I just get, when you freaking follow up the last song with this, I can't help but feel like they were just vibing so hard on on uh on oh gosh, the uh oh it is love. Yeah. That they're just like it's like 
in my mind, I picture this like, oh, just keep going. Keep the mics on. He's, you know, like, he's in the moment. And, <laughs> and like, he just, he just magically went into this song because it's so, it is such a awesome transition from that song to this one. And they blend so nicely together. Yeah. Um, they, they are not the same, but they are kindred spirits oh, and they are yeah, perfect. Definitely. They are perfect back to back. Uh, songs like I don't want to listen to one without the other. That's how much they belong together. I agree. And so, um, and I and actually, I'm gonna go ahead and be bold and say I think that this is one of the other ones that you've listened to because of that fact that this is this is the other one that you've listened to more than here in your arms. It's a str- we'll find out later. It's a strong middle of the record for sure. Freaking, yeah. freaking. This is we are at a this is a real treat in the record right now, man. These two songs back to back. Yeah, I, Real good. I agree though. I do love that on an album where uh, that's what I'm, I'm always so curious. I'm like, were these songs meant to be next to each other the whole time, or did that happen later by them realizing, Was oh, it these just two go fate? back to back? Yeah, because these ones do work really well. It's not like the instrumentation's the same, but they do kind of have this different vibe than the rest of the record, but they have, they feel like they, I mean, we had talked about track order a lot of times, and I feel like they, they did it just fine here. These yeah, in the middle. It. It's a good little side two start of side two kind of thing. If we were in that situation, oh, front nice. half, back half. Yeah. I don't have this on vinyl, but I would imagine that's how it would pan out. Um, yeah, it's very good. Um, and I love the keyboards in there. That Rhodes sounds mm. so good. Love for Rhodes. Uh, let's go to figures A and B. Another parenthetical title means you and me. I love that down chorus. It's just fun. It's a fun yep. song. Uh, that's my note on it. It's a really fun song. I like the, uh, like I said, like that kind of down down chorus. Um, this was a trend at the time. The distorted vocals, the lo-fi distorted mm-hmm. vocals was all of the the bands were doing that for sure <laughs> in the early 2000s, which wouldn't be considered emo, I'm sure. But like all of those, it was the law. The street, it was the law. You had to do a yeah. lo-fi. Yes, the sheriff of music would this come arrest you. This is the hello goodbye. Yeah, it was song. like the hello goodbye. We are the hello goodbyes. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, so that was, um, I know it's a thing that's been around for a long time, but it does feel very... I feel like if there's something that dates this to 2006, it's the kind of lo-fi distorted vocals because I feel like that was a really big trend at the time. Uh, what are your what are y'all's thoughts on figures A and B? I love it. It's got the it, man. It's just got a feel good vibe to it, and and I do think that the two songs before this really got us there in a different way. But it's it's just a fun, feel good jam. Yeah. With you, Chris. Any thoughts? Fun little ditty. Drums are super intense on the verse. Yep. Not something you see every day. They really went for it. I was pretty impressed. It like it wasn't like Travis Barker Fury or anything, but you know, I feel like very Phil heavy, and it worked. 
liked it. Yeah, I'm into it. They do a lot of like super heavy compression on this record. So like early on on uh, what song is it? Uh, Stuck to you. Yeah, that's the one. Oh wait, hold on, let me think. No, no, no. It's uh, all time lows. I mean, the drums are just squashed to absolute everything on it. It's like super hyper compressed, um, which I think works well for this. Sometimes pop music can go a little overboard, but it's like clearly that's what they were doing. I think if you do it stylistically, it's cool when everything just sounds flat, though it doesn't quite work. But uh, and this is another song that's kind of it's got that thing going on uh, as well. Uh, And I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, Let's go to I Saw It on Your Keyboard. Kyle, what are your thoughts? So this one definitely sounds like an 80s cartoon theme song to me. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I love it. It's like a feel good. Like I, I can picture like the lady in the sweatbands, like, you know, like trying to get you going to this. Um, I will say for, for all the, for, for anybody that's still listening, <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that like I am easily, and and this isn't really fair because you guys are actually quite technical, but like I'm the least I'm the least computer literate of the three of us. Like easily. You guys are far better at that stuff than me. And so when this song first came out, I was like, This guy is dorky. Like Yeah. I mean these like, lyrics are kind of dorky. He's, yeah, he's like yeah. he's like this is this is like nerd. This is like a nerd love song. And I, and I, uh, I actually really like that about it. So, and, and I like it because it came across as genuine, you know what I mean? Yes, like it didn't endearing. feel gimmicky. Yeah, yes. exactly. So no, he's definitely turning up the cheese factor a little bit on this one. And, uh, do you think he's talking about a keyboard like that I'm typing on right now? Or do you think he's talking about a musical keyboard? I can't figure it out. Kyle, you feel like, I feel oh, like you look at the lyrics more than I yeah. do. Yeah. Nope. I know. I always thought it was a musical keyboard. I too, would assume musical said keyboard. that I was like, Oh yeah. I, I, I thought it was it. a computer keyboard because he's talking about emojis and stuff too. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I always thought of his keyboard because it's so keyboard heavy. The song. It is. You know, there's like heavy. sense going crazy on it. This is a good example of like, Meta. we went with the electronic, like crappy crash cymbal sound because it was fun mm. for this song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, and uh, I also feel like this is another one that feels, uh, you know, rejectsy. Feels like yep. that first rejects record kind of, um, which is nice because as we talked about on that episode, it's like we didn't really get that again from the All American Rejects, that kind of style of the first record, and so I feel like there's a little bit of that on this, and, and I like it. I like like to hear it again. Um, let's go to Touchdown Turnaround. I never- This is the one I feel like is just lyrics about dinosaurs away from being a kid's song. 
like oh, on a yeah. kid's show, right? Dude. It might be able to be right now with being touchdown turnaround. I could see there'd be a little kid dance that goes along with it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, so I'm not, it's almost, it's like, it almost goes like over the line for me. touching their feet and then it's, like it's, turning it, around. It's, it, it, it does, like, I'm with you, Blake. It, it goes a little far. Honestly, it goes a little far for me, but two minutes and 30 seconds, I can handle two minutes and 30 seconds of it. I don't want any more. And, um, <laughs> that's and <it>. like <laughs> two and a half like, minutes that's, is what that's, you get. That's the th- that is the threshold that I have for it. Yeah. And honestly, it's just like I I can picture like my children chugging soda pop <laughs> and and losing their mind to this song. Holy crap. I pictured almost the exact same thing except instead of soda their mouths were covered in syrup from breakfast and i just, just like losing their minds with how, much, how happy it. this song makes them yes. yeah uh, everything's yeah i think that's fair house, yeah guys it's a little too far for me though for sure it's it's like but you're right two and a half minutes i can i can handle that um but not 231 uh chris it, you- well it's like as this it's like my complaint is this song is too catchy not- like it's too, it's too much of a good thing. Like, I've had enough. Yeah, it's like all of it. It's, we're back to four on oh, the floor. We're back to all the electronic yeah. stuff. We're up to the auto-tune again. It's like... that's a, Yeah, those are my notes exactly. Like, it was like they got they took all the tricks, and if you can compress not just a sound, but an idea. <laughs> yeah. And they just did... They were like, let's... This is a Hello Goodbye song. Like, if you were trying to write a Hello Goodbye song and you weren't in the band and you did, like, did it perfect, but it was still awfully... I don't know how to explain it, what I'm trying to say, but yes. I get it. Although I think, Blake, you just wrote a country song. No, like, I, I, like, Kyle. I'll, I'll take two minutes and 30, but yeah, not 231. Yeah, the pieces are all there, but like, you know, put them together. You got. Okay. I would be the worst. About Hello Goodbye. Maybe I should. I'd, I'd be the worst country songwriter ever, I'm pretty sure. I Dude. can't. I can't. Write a song about. Write a, that's a country song too, Blake? There it about is. How about you're how I you're good at it. Song? Okay. Yeah. Um, Devil, Devil couldn't write no those songs. Oh yeah, was that Will on Ferrell's the the Will Ferrell thing? It's a Fender. You, you, know, <laughs> you know when you like when you know when you get in a friend's car that cares nothing about audio stuff, and for some reason they have like zero like the treble is just cranked. <laughs> Yeah. And it's piercing into your skull, yeah. and and you're just like, may may I please adjust your stereo? Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I feel about this song. It's just like just just like pressing my brain when I listen to it. I do that with people's TVs too. If they have that motion blur stuff on, I don't even ask them. I just take their remote and I change Let it. I turn this. it off. I'm like, let's not. Everything's not going to look like a freaking PBS soap opera now. Um, why is that on by default because tv companies are evil i just i they think (laughs) they think they're good at software they're not it's like just give me the display i don't need your smart stuff i don't need your motion blur thing it just makes things look terrible and uh i don't understand and mine even sometimes reverts to it after a software update it'll like turn that crap back on this and it makes me want to like i've and it takes a few seconds because you're like mother did you just like, like you're like looking at your TV like it's a kid that's in trouble? Like, did you just do that motion blur thing? We talked about this. Yeah, I set you. <laughs> I could have a podcast talking about how much I hate motion blur uh, settings on televisions. I don't know that anyone in any country would listen to it, 
even very though, obscure demographic. Yeah, it'd be but. a real. It'd be just. Uh, it'd just be Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie. <laughs> Maybe they'd listen to it because they're all about that. Have you seen? Did you see like on the new Mission Impossible movie? There's literally like a disclaimer at the beginning with them asking you to turn that stuff off because wow, it ruins the that. movie. <laughs> oh wow! It's like that's pretty great. That's intense. Uh, yeah, and it was in a nice way. It was just like, hey, most TVs have these dumb settings that ruin. Please turn them off. What we why tried did, to make. Why would you? Yeah, when you said Tom Cruise, I pictured uh, Tropic Thunder. Tom Cruise. That would be me. pretty great, though. <laughs> Hey, I listen. This is way getting off on a way tangent, but uh, there's a. I listened to a podcast with Tom Cruise talking about doing that part in Tropic Thunder, and it's hilarious because he was like, "Yeah, I don't ever get to do this thing where I don't have top billing and no one knows I'm in the movie." And he was like, "Can you make me fatter?" I mean, he was like all in on how ridiculous it was, and they tried to almost make a whole Les Grossman movie. Oh, really? Yeah, they they tried to. They were maybe going to do it. It never never worked out or something. But uh, anyway. There's still time. Yeah. They could still do it. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, If he can run around for those Mission Impossible, surely he can put on a fat suit and be less Grossman again. Uh, okay, let's go to the last track, Two Weeks in Hawaii. I know that it's stupid. been to hawaii chris why don't you tell us about this song this song is about hawaii no i'm just kidding <laughs> wow. being there for two weeks allegedly that's right and uh, a fortnight as we say <laughs> that is a fortnight on the island they should have called this fortnight <laughs> in hawaii that would have been better that's my note no, I, I, good good closing song right we're 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 always hating on the last songs this this one's nice it's it's a very mature song well arranged got you know the cool sweeping you know he's definitely like got you know channeling his inner brian wilson throughout this album and kind of calls back a little you know the beach boys kind of like i don't want to say orchestration like in the literal sense of like uh you know wind instruments and anything like that just kind of like the yeah the feel of it yeah yes i understand what you're saying um and at like almost five minutes it's like the opus of this album too because everything's like sub three minutes on the record and then this one's double the length this album goes by really fast yeah i mean it's it's pretty short it's only uh 35 minutes how many songs for how many songs 11 songs yeah so that's pretty quick and really if you take off the last song it's yeah it's 30 minutes uh 10 songs which is not the fastest record we've done on this podcast. I think that's still. Wait, which one was it? That was twenty-eight minutes. Came out the same week as Weezer's Green album, which is twenty-seven minutes. But I can't remember which one it was. To look back at that, um, we have such a deep library yeah, of content like now. It's hard to remember seven episodes. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh, Two Weeks in Hawaii? Uh, I think it's a great song. Um, and, and what a, what a bounce back after touchdown turnaround. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's really well-written. I like the lyrics a lot and you kind of know that you're getting into something good when he starts the song, you've got your airplane and I've got the plane air of here. <laughs> I think that's a funny, uh, turn of phrase. 
and then um yeah, I, I like the dynamics of the song. It 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 kind of feels like it kind of feels like a mixture of uh of some of the other styles and then like those two kind of standout tracks. Like they're kind of kind of mixing all of those elements together on this one, but I I really like it and I agree with Chris. I think it's a good I think it's a good ending track. So I'm happy with it. I agree. I think it's a good ending track. I like that we've got I feel like the six eight thing gives it kind of the same vibe as those middle songs, mm-hmm. even though those aren't yeah. in six eight. It just they kinda of have it kinda of gives it a little bit of that vibe. And it does feel a little um you're right. Orchestrated is not the right word, Chris, but it's like arranged in like, okay, and then there's this part and there's this really quiet yeah. part. It's, it does feel very dynamic and, and whatnot. So yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's a good inning track and I think it works. I think you're right, Kyle. It kind of blends some of the styles we've heard throughout the rest of the record at this point and uh, kind of puts them all together for one last throw the kitchen sink at it. Uh, kind of have everything going on in it and I like it. I think it's pretty good. Um, that does it for track by track before we get to kind of our awards and stuff like that what do you want to guess are the top three in itunes play count wise for you blake for me number one oh it is love number two baby it's a fact number three here in your arms kyle is correct yeah that's it that would have been my guess too i forgot you you but you did you didn't hide the fact that I didn't hide the fact that here in your arms, arms is third. was going to be number three. So oh, what yeah. is love yeah. has double the plays almost that here in your arms does. What a jam. Sappy. Um, and keep it. I am man. a sappy guy. And here's, I mean, I love here in your arms. I mean, it's a great. <laughs> now, and in iTunes, you, you have to listen to the whole song. So that means he did not skip. I think you have to get through 30 second. seconds. Of, do, is that how it works? Oh, is it? Oh, I don't remember oh. actually now. I might be wrong about that. Um. Either way. That's my iTunes count, and I've listened to you it a bunch. You didn't start it and not finish it. No, there's no way I started one of those songs and yeah, didn't finish it. Exactly. Uh, those are solid tunes, as we say uh, fairly often. Okay, so let's go to lasting impressions. Do you guys think the album holds up? Kyle? Uh, yeah, man, I absolutely do, because I, I you mentioned earlier, like there are some of these elements that still are pretty prevalent in music today. I think most of it is maybe like hip hop music, but I, I dude, I, I think so. I think, I think there's all the world should always have room for good pop music. That's what I think. And, um, so yeah, I think it's relevant and, um, and I listen to this one. I, I don't quite trust my kids the way that you trust your uh, your girls. <laughs> I mean, Blake. They're not right about but, everything. Don't worry. But but my kiddos enjoyed me listening to this uh, over the last couple weeks. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on does it hold up? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, there's a few songs where the production is a little thin, and like I feel like if they got another crack at it, they could have done more with it. But yeah, my kids aren't quite old enough, like like you guys. Is, but I yeah, I'm totally, to- totally was feeling that vibe. Like when I was uh, listening, I was like, dude, the little dudes are gonna love this when when they get into music. Um, we can make a whole dance for touchdown turnaround. There you go. Wait. Let's make it up. Let's make it an internet craze. Um, like the shark, baby shark. It'll be the next thing. Yep. We'll make them a lot of money. Uh, the I mean, I think it does. I think that. They're, those three tracks are so good that 
no doubt those ended up on more playlists than the rest of the album. And so those got more plays just in general on be it iTunes back in the day or now Spotify and whatnot. So this is the first time I listened to the album front to back in a while, honestly, but I do think it holds up and I think it, it feels like something that should be put on in the background of hanging out. Like it's just a, it's a good fun hangout record. Um, so I do like it. I do think it holds up there. Like I said, some production stuff where I go, okay, that feels very place in time. Um, and as I mentioned, I do like the way he does the auto tune stuff, but I still don't, that's still not something I like to listen to all the time of the auto tune thing. He only has like three, four tracks on this that really have the auto tune thing going on. So I will let it slide. I wouldn't, I'm glad they didn't do it for like the whole record. Sometimes those bands just kind of did that. They said like, this is the sound for the record. And that was probably a budget thing. A lot of times with bands right. at this point, set up all the amps and everything. That, that's the it's sound. Just how they're going to be. Yeah, and this, I don't, this is what we're doing. That's not what happened here for sure. And I do think he's super creative when he can, he seems very studio creative. If that makes sense. Like it seems like there's yep. a lot of, uh, now you guys were both, stuff. you guys were both, mentioned times where you just felt like you almost were in the room and you were like, Oh no, he was just like grooving on this and they kept it going. Yeah. Um, is it their best album? Do you all have an opinion? I have no clue. I have not listened to their library of music very extensively. I feel like Kyle will know the answer to this. Kyle deferring to you, not to put you on the spot. I've got an opinion too. I just want to hear first. The three songs that I love on this record are are like music perfection. Yep. And I think I think if pressed, I might enjoy Would It Kill You more. Um but those three songs, man, just I don't want to choose between the two records because of those three songs. But as far as the full record goes, I think I prefer Would It Kill You more. I agree. I think Would It Kill You is a better record overall. I think it's more cohesive, which is, I I don't, wasn't a negative on this one, but like those three songs are kind of out of left. Well, here in your arm is not as out of left field, but the other two are out of left field and I love them. And I feel like Would It Kill You is a little bit more in that vein of it's got more of that kind of instrumentation um, and it's fun. Like the opening track of that is like one of my favorite opening tracks. Uh, I I also feel like would it kill you? Like they found, they found a nice balance between what I like so well of those three songs and, and the rest of what they do. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, And also I'm not saying that, uh, that uh, touchdown turnaround is like a joke song. Maybe, maybe it's not, but I don't think that they're doing as much of, of that. Um, and, and it like that song just feels a little sticky. It does. You know what I mean? And, and, and there's, there's considerably less of that. So. Yep. I, I agree. Anyway. I think it's would it kill you is my favorite of theirs. Um, their newest one could be a cool background jam, but it is like so seventies pop. Hmm. disco-y kind of thing that it is weird compared to these other records I kind of feel like yeah. but um, but it's a good album for the background but it, it doesn't have a lot of songs that I would be like I'm going to throw this on a mix 
for example. Right. There's no mixtape must on it. Um, what about, is it their most important album? I mean, certainly their biggest. And they don't release Would It Kill You for four years. It's kind of a big gap, I feel like. I I, I agree, but I think uh, Here in Your Arms bought them that time. Yeah. So. For sure. By default, yes, it's their most it's their most important. I have a feeling that on this question, we're all going to have the same three <laughs> desert Island songs, <laughs> two or your three favorites. I mean, are we all on the same three songs that we know we're going to say here in your arms? Uh, if either of you say otherwise, you're just, you're just being a contrarian. Is that right? I agree. Contrarian? You'd be just contrarian. Yeah. If you didn't yeah. say it's those three songs here in your arms. It, oh, it's it love just is. and baby. It's fact. Um, I mean, you could say the same for the next one, right? Sure. It's, nobody's perfect. Yeah, is nobody's perfect also going to be unanimously touchdown turnaround? Do you all have a different uh, yeah. opinion than that, Chris? Touchdown turnaround, would no, that be well, your nobody's I, perfect? I stopped thinking it when I was like, oh, my kids are going to like this song. Yeah. That might speak more to why it's... <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like it's just over that edge a little bit. Like, we, we pushed it a little too far on touchdown turnaround. Well, now that we've said the title out loud so many times, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the... That's, touchdown, that's turnaround. it. Touchdown turnaround. Touchdown turnaround. Uh, yeah, like it just yeah. Yep, I don't. Uh, what about growing out a show? Or Kyle, you kind of mentioned that uh, was it stuck to you? Yeah, stuck. Yeah, stuck to you. Was that yours? Yep. Yeah, that's my growing out a show. And well, and yeah. I actually really really enjoy it now. It's just I remember being weirded out by it. So yeah, mine are probably it's probably in that range too. Stuck stuck to you, or even all time lows might be. Those two are, like I said, it's really hard to follow up here in your arms. It's also yes. really hard to lead into, oh, it's love and baby, it's fact. That's just the truth. Yeah. Those songs are so strong that it's hard to be in between those two. And so I feel like All Time Lows, Stuck to You, maybe not so much Homewrecker, because I don't, I'm still okay. I think it's a fine song. But the other two I like a lot more listening to them again. I was like, oh, these are actually pretty good jams. They just happen to be sandwiched in between. Right. Uh, some song, some just yeah. That's the only jams. fault that All Time Lows has is it's right after. It's right after like, here in your arms. Like, yeah, very incredible song, but it, yeah, it's a great tune by itself. Now, so, stuck to stuck to you is my mine as well. The surfer, surfer vibe, rock op- opera vibe. I totally dig it. Yeah. So here's the question: like, you know, on most of these records, obviously, we can say that this is this is. Uh, opinion right like this is what i like this is what you like but we just pretty much laid it out every single category we all agree on is are these just facts on this freaking record <laughs> well yeah and like I, is that at what point do we start saying that this is just a fact don't at me this is the best song on the record <laughs> well, so don't here's an interesting me. here's an interesting theory is that i think when we're in agreement about the songs on a record so violently, you know, mm. that it probably means the record as a whole is not as good as those I, three I songs. I think you're right. So I, I, I do right. like the record, but I think that that when we're all in agreement about the songs, then we're not sitting here like wringing our hands to figure out what three songs we'd pick if we had to. Um, that's, that's to me kind of the review of the album is like, yeah. well, there's, and so, you know, I looked at most of the reviews and stuff like that. Most of them were in the middle, you know, like I think all music is three and a half. Punk <laughs> news is three. Spin is five out of 10. Um, 
and someone comes in, is what you're saying is if someone breaks into the room, puts a gun to our head, and is like, pick three songs from this record. <laughs> like, we're like, whoa, put that gun away. I, like, we no know. Need, we know the three. <laughs> no need. No need for weapons, man. <laughs> we got the answer. <laughs> there's definitely not. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Uh, whereas we've done a, quite a few other albums where it's like it's really really hard. Don't want to choose. If I really had to pick three, and it's not hard for me on this record. So yeah. while I still like the record, I I think their follow-up to this I like a lot more. There's more songs on that, even though none of them are as like just phenomenal as the three songs on this record. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on the record before we wrap it up? None. Nope. None. They always, you guys just always sit there and go, just stare at me. <laughs> I don't like. Okay, nothing. Got it. I don't know. Nada. I I, I want to. I feel like you're inviting me to comment, and I want I want to say something cool, and then I get mad at myself for having nothing. I just always want to make sure I've not you know skipped over some perfectly said. Forgot to say yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I do feel like my wrap up is like I think they had fun making this record. Like it sounds fun, and it doesn't sound like they were, um. None of it seemed like it was trendy or forced or, oh, we're doing this because it's popular or something. You know what I mean? Like, whereas you turn on the radio now and it's sometimes, you know, and this has always been the case, but like whatever the genre is at the time, it's hard to kind of tell the difference between the stuff because everyone just starts sounding exactly well. And that's because Jack Antonoff's producing all of it. I even, I love his production, but it all starts to sound the same if he's the only producer working. Um, and I feel like this was pre that a little bit. Like, I feel like it was like, oh, this is fun. This is nice. It's not like he was trying to sell a platinum record. I don't think that he it, thought that was going to happen on drive through. It record, would also probably. be hard to imagine when listening to this record, like anybody storming out of the studio, like having a big fight. Like it just doesn't seem like it would even be possible to argue as a band when you're making this record. That's a pretty fair point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we're not banjo like team banjo versus team i don't know dobro or something <laughs> they had a huge blowout about Put the banjo down for us which, it's not going in the song which bluegrass Mother. instrument they yeah. were gonna put on we've only got room for two it's banjo and mandolin you say dobro and mandolin you're voted <laughs> off the island uh i doubt any of that happened but uh i'm happy to be wrong uh also i'd like to bring up again that i would almost kill to hear Kermit the Frog sing, Oh, It Is Love. Yeah, I think that would be very good, and I agree. That needs to happen, yeah. I think people are going to think we are insulting songs when we say they sound like Muppet songs, but Dude, to be clear, that is literally the not, highest compliment is, we could possibly we have. the highest praise. We have a buddy that in, his band got to play with the Muppets, and I've never been more jealous of a musician in my life than him getting to play with the Muppets. <laughs> This I've heard this story and I know this story. I saw this story. It's giving me goosebumps right now. That is, it, it, it will never change. Yep. That is that. That was the apex of his career. Full stop. <laughs> That's it. I mean, and I'm seriously, it's more jealous than I've ever been. And he was on. They played Jay Leno too, and I was like, "This is cool. He's on Jay Leno." Yeah. I'm way more. Ex- Muppets cool. I'm way more excited yep. about them getting to play yep. with the Muppets than playing uh, late night television, which is uh, yeah. not not Jim a Adkins, joke. You're cool, but you're not played with the Muppets yeah. cool. So you know, don't get too cocky until Grover or some <laughs> puppet sings your song. Yeah, not it's not a joke. It's high praise. Yeah, yeah. Also jealous of OK Go's version of 
the Muppet Show. You know, did you ever listen to that album where pop people did the songs from the Muppets? Yeah. And they yeah. did a video, and it's pretty great. Uh, check that out. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, well, thanks for listening. And again, if you like what you hear, uh, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. A five-star one or a one-star one, but just nothing in the middle. Come on, guys. Uh, and of course, you can subscribe so that those episodes show up on your device when they come out. Um, and you can send us comments, disagreements, suggestions to info at findingemopod.com or on Twitter or any of the social media things at findingemopod. Guys, the next episode we do is our one-year anniversary of releasing Woo! this podcast. Uh, and we've decided that on these year anniversaries, as long as we continue to do this, we're going to do a Jimmy World Record uh, until we run out of them. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to go in order for this one and we're going to do bleed American next because it is the 20th anniversary of that record coming out this year. So look forward to that. It will be a four hour podcast. We might have to split this uh, into four episodes. Yeah. And we really, I mean, it could be really long, so you're going to have to buckle down and hear us. Blake's going to be like uploading this thing and they're going to be like, you've hit the limit of podcast link <laughs> yeah it's gonna i'm gonna have to you're probably right i'm gonna have to it's gonna be like the snyder cut but it's gonna be the blake cut of the bleed american finding emo podcast blake um, american here's the good news it will if it's four hours long it'll i promise it'll be better than the snyder cut okay <laughs> so that is not high praise i was gonna say <laughs> it's, it's not a high it's bar it's not a high bar i guess uh to to get over Uh, So that's it for us. We'll catch you next time. Uh, Listen to Bleed American before then. Bye. Bye. Bye.